Well, good evening, Christ the King, Rio Grande Presbytery. It's a joy uh, to be with you in the house of the Lord this evening. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 23. If you have a Bible with you, it's also printed in the liturgy guide here. Um, and I wanted us to reflect, as we have uh, throughout this day, on the, on the last 12 to 15 months. If you would have looked back in February of 2020, you had, none of us in the room could have said, this is what 2020 is going to be like. It was like nothing we've ever seen and probably nothing we will ever see again. It was a very, very difficult season. And I want you to, to ponder a few questions as we head into this text so it can relate to us today. In this last year, have you felt deep loneliness, anxiety, depression, or isolation since quarantine started just over a year ago? Have you had relational conflict over differing views on Black Lives Matter and the protests that went on in the summer of 2020? Have you felt worried, ashamed, fearful, or misunderstood pertaining to your view on wearing masks? It's a reality, right? We laugh, but it's a reality that we've lived in the last year. It's good that we can laugh about it now. Who has been, have you been personally affected or known someone close to you has been affected physically or financially by COVID-19? Lastly, have you felt discouraged, angry, or upset about the events that have taken place around the presidential election last year? That's a lot to carry in a year, church. That is a lot to bear. I came to this text and I said, God, I need you as my shepherd. Because if I look anywhere else, it will always fail me. We think about these many events that have happened. I just, I just named a few, right? There's been more that's gone on. I'm sure uh, for the pastors in the room, you say there is conflict that surrounds these things that has gone on in my church that goes beyond this. But if we think about the toll that it has taken on us, it has been great. And my eyes tear up when I think about it because it's been hard. I moved during this time to a new place. And I came into a church and, and I told, told Chuck, it's, it's weird coming into a new place and I know the church's eyes. I don't know their mouths. And now I'm starting to some. You know, it's an interesting season that we're in. This last week, as I read through uh, this text and a few articles about ministering during this time, I, uh, I want to read a few quotes that I feel like summarize what I read about the state of ministry right now. This is what one minister said. I probably feel less confident about my leadership abilities now more than ever. I simply do not have what it takes. Another one described their COVID experience as an overwhelming sensation of busyness, having new levels of irritation and stress. Now, ministry workers during this time, another person says this, are dealing with pangs of anxiety and depression, which are normally already higher in our field. But now they're even higher yet. Lastly, pastors are weary. They have decision fatigue. They're emotionally exhausted, and some feel completely burned out. We say this to pastors. That's, these are pastors speaking, but for any of us in the room, these can really apply, right? That we feel burned out. Decision fatigue. 
How am I going to relate to this person that I see? Are they vaccinated? Are they wearing a mask? There's all this new layer of complexity that, that is clouding our minds. So today we come to a very famous text, Psalm 23, that is a comfort to our soul. So let, let us look uh, to this psalm now. It's Psalm chapter 23. We're going to be reading the entire chapter. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that in a time of weariness and distress that we have a shepherd that never lets us down. And Father, we pray as we go to your word now that you would bring comfort and peace like only you can. Father, speak to us this evening through this text. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my dad, um, he lives in Las Cruces. Just like uh, many of us in the Hunt family, once we get into one thing, we really get into it. So he, uh, for a while, took up tennis, and he was playing tennis five days a week. Well, he realized he's in his 60s now that it was really hard on his bones, so he took up hiking. So this last year, for his birthday, the three uh, siblings all went out with my dad on his birthday for a hike up the Oregon Mountains. And, you know, I've never been hiking. My dad is actually not a real outdoors guy. He just got into this, and he's like, this is what I'm going to do right now, so I'm going to hike five days a week. So I don't really grow up hiking. I know nothing about it. He actually lent me some of his shoes. That's how little I have gear or anything, right? Like, I have no experience. Okay, so we're going up there. My dad's kind of coaching me on what to do. And one thing he said was, when you're checking your footing, we're getting farther up the mountain, and I'm, I, I don't like heights. So I'm doing this. It's his birthday, right? So I'm like doing something that's like really difficult for me to do, but I, I did it for him. But he said this, I need you to check it before you step it. So you need to put your foot on something hard. If you, think, if you feel like it's not going to hold your weight, you need to check it before you step it. That was very good advice because there was not, I mean, not even three times, four or five, six times that if I would have just being the naive hiker that I am, if I would have put my foot down on where I thought was okay, I would have slid down the hill, right? In life, we go through really extremely difficult situations. And in these times, we, we, we search for things to comfort us. We search for things to hold the pain that is in our hearts. We put our foot down on things, seeing if it will hold our weight. We check it, right? And often we look outside the Lord. We don't look to Him. We're we're putting our feet on something else outside of God, looking for relief, looking for comfort. Life wears us down, and, and the agony is on our soul, so we need relief. In our distress, we need comfort that's outside of ourselves when we go searching. So today the passage it, it, it is a passage of comfort for the Christian. 
right? That we have somewhere to put our foot down that will not slide out from under us, that will not take us rolling down the mountain. So today, the, the big theme we're looking at is the Lord brings comfort and rest to our weary souls. The Lord brings comfort and rest to our really weary souls. And we'll see that the passage is really uh, broken into two different metaphors. The Lord is my shepherd and the Lord is my host. So we'll, we'll take those in turn. First, the Lord is my shepherd. From the beginning of this psalm that is so uh, famously known, we see that the Lord's name is in all caps. We know that to be Yahweh, the personal name of God. And it's important to note that in the position in Hebrew, it is in the uh, point of authority. It is in uh, the emphatic place in the sentence. So from the beginning of the text, he is saying this psalm is about Yahweh. It is about God. It's about God. Most scholars would agree that this is a psalm of confidence. So when we can have confidence in nothing else in this life, I named half a dozen things earlier that we could have had confidence in that let us down, right? If we have confidence in anything else, it's going to let us down. But here, Yahweh is our confidence. So we see in the first portion of the text, David uses these words, my shepherd. And a shepherd is generally uh, referred to as expressing care over a flock. But, but only this use, only the use of my shepherd, it, it is presenting God in a most personal interpretation of shepherd. That often the shepherd will be over a flock and in the West, we have to push away from this idea of it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all personal, it's individual, because we live in an individual society. We have to push to the communal, right? But this text, we can say, this is my shepherd. This is my personal shepherd. And for David himself to write this and to know the Lord as his shepherd was very intimate because if you remember, David himself was a shepherd. He knew what it take to take care of sheep. It was a 24-hour-a-day job. I kind of think about it like parenting infants, right? Except for they don't go to sleep, right? It's, like, it's, like, it's that way. It's all the time. It's 24-hour care. If you have little kids, my wife and my brother's wife are both pregnant. We have five- and six-year-old right now, and I'm, I've kind of already forgotten what it's like to have an infant at our need all the time. But that's what we are to God. We are in need all the time, and he is a shepherd who is there 24 hours a day, no matter the circumstance. Rain, wind, snow, shepherds are always there to care for their sheep. God is always there. This, this morning, we saw, or this afternoon, we saw a presentation about the border crisis, right? That we as a church are trying to be there, because we saw the title was, God is not there. And that can feel like what's, what's happening, right? When the, we're in the utter despair, God is not there. But the text tells us here that he is there for you. And the text goes on. It shows us how the Lord shepherds us individually. He, says, he, was, he is the shepherd, and how does he shepherd us individually? Look with me at verses 1 through 2. At first it says this. It says, I shall not want. Now in the West, if you're like me, I look at this text and be like, man, I want a lot of things. 
I want a new car. I want my kids to behave, blah, 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 blah. All these things, right? And I think the better rendering of this text would be, I shall not lack. He will not leave me in a position where I am lacking something that I need. So the thrust here that that we need to rely on God's provision that he provides for us. Next, how will he shepherd us individually? It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. If you're uh, reading an ESV in in an actual Bible, there's a footnote and it says, the Hebrew reads, besides waters of rest. I want you to think about ancient Israel as a desert similar to what we live in. There's not much water around here, is there? There's not many plains of grass. I think about my dogs, right? They go outside, and right away, what do they do? They just roll in the grass because it's comfortable for them, right? But I've had to plant that grass. I've had to water that grass. Because it's, but for them and my kids, it's comfortable. So both of these things, green pastures, still water, these would have been places of rest for the sheep. And the Lord allows his sheep to sip on the still waters without being rushed. Talking in the panel earlier that we live this really busy life and COVID has really made us slow down, which has really been a good thing. Think about the Lord, he, he wants us to slow down. Rest in me. I am what you need. In verse 3, it says this. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And the focal point of this part is that we are to seek the Lord's guidance. That he is the Lord who shows us the right path for his sheep. His sheep. Now there is some debate here on this use of righteousness, right? But it, it does not mean that through this path, if you take this path, Christian, you're going to become righteous. No, that's not what the text is saying. He's saying that the shepherd... He takes you in the right path. He is taking you in the right direction. Now, that does not mean life will always be easy. Because look what verse is next. (laughs) Let's read it together. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The right path can even be that, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Many people will say that, you, the, that God doesn't, won't give you more than you can handle. If you've been through any tragedy in your life, you know that to be a bold lie. That we go through things in our lives that are, that, that are, are completely out of our range of being able to handle. Maybe you've had a bad diagnosis or a wandering child. A spouse leaves you the death of a, a loved one. A pandemic that crushes the world. These things are too hard to handle on our own. We need God. We need Him. That's how we were designed, as needy. We need fellowship with God. The text leads us here. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We can walk through the darkest seasons that you'll ever experience. Hurting, agonizing over the next day that's approaching without fear. 
when I was looking at this part right here, I had to think to my own life. There's been many days in, in the COVID season when I went to sleep saying, tomorrow doesn't come, I'm okay with that. That's despair, right? Not saying it's good, saying it, that's, a, that's honest. That's where we've, a lot of us have been, that it's not been a good season. But he's saying, even in those darkest seasons, Come here, know the Lord, your shepherd is with you. And it doesn't mean that the pain will immediately go away. It actually might stay a long time. But amidst the pain, you know that there is a God who has taken the pain for you and through Jesus. That he has experienced that pain. Any pain that you have, have faced, feel, he has felt on your behalf. He knows your hurt, he knows your pain, and he is there with you. So what do we do with this? We can all look to different sorts of things in our life, right? To, to fill this gap, to bring us out of the trouble, the distress. And you've all experienced it like I have. They, they give you a hit of release. Like, oh, that feels better for a moment. I bought a new iPad. Woo! One day of happiness, Right? Whatever it is, you indulge in sex, in food, in whatever it is, and boom, you're feeling better. But the next day, you're in despair again because that was never intended to hold your weight. So my challenge for us is that that when we reach the moment of despair, that we would look to the Lord for our shepherd, as our shepherd and comfort before we look to other things. And I think it's important to realize this, right? That, that God is only a shepherd to those who know their own weakness and frailty, to his sheep. He is only a shepherd if you realize your own frailty. So first, we must confess that we are frail, we are weak, we need him. And we confess that we need him as our shepherd. Look... T- In your heart, have you turned from your sin, admitting that you need him? If you have, don't turn to other things. Don't put your foot on the other stuff. Turn to the Lord in your weariness. Instead of looking for pleasure in food, look to him to satisfy you first. Instead of trying to control the situation by getting all the information you can, rely on him because he is sovereign and he's in control. Instead of, instead of seeking relief and whatever else, I'm not going to give you any more examples because you know what it is for you. Where do you look for relief? And this next week, when you go and you're in a despair moment, what are you, ter- what are you looking towards? Where are you looking to fix that pain? I have a couple practical things that I think that we can do when we get to this point. First, we need to turn to the Lord in his prayer and his word, and prayer. I think I, as a Christian growing up in the church, I, don't, I can't even count the, ima- the number of Bibles that are in my house or have been in my house growing up, right? We take them for granted in the West. But it's a precious treasure. It is the Lord's God, God's word to us. It is living and active to speak to you to your despair. So when you are there, turn to him in the word. Secondly, I would encourage you and myself to limit your intake. 
of social media and the news. If you're like me, I get anxious and I try to fix the problem by getting more information. Fill in the gap, in my, fill in the dots in my life. If there's a problem, I'm going to say, how can I control the situation? I'm going to find all the information. I line up, if it goes this way, I'm going to do this. If it goes this way, it's going to do this. Often we say, I am God by doing that. I am the one that's, I can figure out how to control the situation. So I would encourage you, turn to the Lord instead of to your favorite media source for your comfort. Lastly, we should seek time in relationship with other believers, as we have experienced here in the Presbytery. It's been really encouraging to me to be here, but we need each other. We need each other to share our hurts, our fears, our worries. In studying for church history, one of the last questions on it, it said, what is the benefit of church history? And one of the things was... Um, There has, I'm blanking now. Wow, I'm glad you guys didn't ask me this on the floor. Um, <laughs> oh, it said, it said this about church history. There has never been a person in all of church history that has grown as a mature Christian outside of the body of Christ. Never in the history. We need each other. That's how God has wired us. We look to false comforts all the time, and I am as guilty as you are. The Psalm 23 brings us back to God, our shepherd. The prominent metaphor is God, our shepherd, but it also speaks of God as our host. So let's look to that briefly in verses 5 through 6. It says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever you know Alice and I love to host we love to have people over but when he speaks of this it's not just having people over to feed them a meal it's to lavish them with the best that you have to offer and I want you to think about that this is the creator God who is saying that to us I am going to lavish on you the best that can be provided that you are my guest of honor so he not only leaves us without lack, he lavishes us on us everything that we could ever desire. Now, this doesn't mean that you'll get all of what you want today. Like I mentioned, my kids will probably disobey tomorrow, and I will not be as kind to my wife as I should tomorrow, these things that I seek after. But in the Lord, you will receive bountifully, because he has the best to offer. And this is the type of host that God is. In this life, we'll always have forces to press against us. We'll always have things that make our lives hard. Now, it may not be a pandemic in 2022. Hopefully not. But the passage tells us, those things don't win. God wins. He is the one who will feast with his people forever. So when a person was sad in this time, they would often cover themselves in dust and ashes. But when they were joyous, they would wash and anoint themselves with oil. What does the passage tell us? It tells us that God is anointing his guests in the place of honor, declaring their place of welcome. 
This is a joyous occasion for the guests. The Lord, our host, is the one who is anointing us with oil. The text tells us, my cup overflows. And this cup would have been a cup that is designed to cheer the hearts of the guest. And it's saying, there's not enough room for how much joy the Lord is giving me. That's how great he is. That he can give us this gladness, this joy, this comfort in our darkest hour. Lastly, we see this, that David says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This word follow in the original language could be translated pursue. When uh, some scholars would say that during this time, you know, David's enemies had pursued him. And this, even when he was writing this text, they could have been pursuing him at this time. And he's saying, for him, his troubles were pursuing him, but the Lord pursues him even harder. Isn't that beautiful? Christian, you and me, even amidst our deepest trouble, the Lord will pursue you in goodness and mercy, so much so that you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the New Testament, Christ spoke in a similar manner that we hear in Psalm 23. Matthew 11 says this, Come to me, all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it is in Christ. He took our pain. He took our agony. And it is in him that we find our ultimate comfort and rest. Though troubles surround us, we have a Savior who lived and died on our behalf. In John's gospel, Jesus himself calls himself the good shepherd. And it tells, the text tells us that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus, our good shepherd, sees us in our distress and comforts us only as he can. You know, when I was in seminary, I, I worked with children and youth, 0 to 18 and I found a, a great appreciation for books like this. And this is how I'm going to conclude. This is a paraphrase by um, Sally Lloyd-Jones. She wrote the Jesus Storybook Bible of Psalm 23. And uh, tough men, you, want, you ever want to tinder up? Take a couple of these for your, uh, for your quiet time. And it will, it's just so tender. They're bringing the Lord down to the level of a child. And how beautiful it is. So I'm going to read this as we close. God is my shepherd, and I am his little lamb. He feeds me. He guides me. He looks after me. I have everything I need. Inside, my heart is very quiet, as quiet as lying still in soft green grass in a meadow by a little stream. Even when I walk through the dark, scary, lonely places, I won't be afraid, because my shepherd knows where I am. He is here with me. He keeps me safe. He rescues me. He makes me strong and brave. He's getting wonderful things ready for me, especially for me. Everything I've ever dreamed of. He fills my heart so full of happiness, I can't hold it all inside. Wherever I go, I know God's never stopping, never giving up, 
unbreaking, always and forever love will go to. Let's pray, church. Father, what a glorious text that we got to sit in this evening, that we get to see in our distress, in our weariness. You are a God who always comforts. Father, it is, there is not a day that passes that we don't need you. And so often we neglect that. We think that we have it all together. That we can do this life on our own. That we have the strength. If we sit back and, and really look at our lives, we know that we need you every breathing moment. And Father, my plead for my heart and the hearts of the people here is that when we need something, we would not turn to anything outside of you. But we would look to you alone for our comfort. Father, we thank you for this evening and the time you've blessed us with to be together and praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.